it, it comes to the point where there's a lot of hidden security risks yeah, yeah. Uh, there. The, of course, the counter-argument is that, well, you can always view the source code. It's on GitHub. No, it doesn't matter whether I can view the source. If the source code is problematic, it's problematic. Correct. Yes. So the, the interesting <laughs> thing is... If the recipe is not nice, it's not nice. The thing <laughs> is, the recipe is there uh, in the cookbook. Uh, uh. But no one actually reads every line. Oh, yeah, of course. So, so that's the, that's, so that's How many the thing. of you read the white paper? <laughs> How many of you read the white paper? Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. While we were recording today's episode, like on set, Luna was just crashing outside. We had two hours of discussion, you know, we're so deep into it. I didn't even know it was crashing. <laughs> so yes, this is Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. Once again, Andrew is still on a holiday, so I'm going to take over his slot. So yeah, more time with me and uh, Andrew, you better faster come back. If not, I'm going to take over your show very soon. But yeah, today in studio, I have a friend of mine, Raphael from Salsworth Asset Management, which calls themselves a conservative currency algo trading fund, uh, which sounds very cute, right? Currency algo, you know, trading. Uh, how is that conservative? <laughs> I'll let him share more with you shortly after. But what is important here is that Raphael actually has lost quite a bit of money in iron, right? So he has first-hand experienced the bank run of iron, which is another DeFi protocol in one of his first you know, investments into um, the DeFi world or even the crypto world. So the interesting thing is, this guy is like knee-deep in traditional finance. He even believes that traditional finance will essentially gobble up decentralized finance. So think about that, right? He writes algorithms, or previously now he governs algorithm to trade currencies, right? So he literally is, is like Forex, you know, like literally in this whole space, extremely traditional. And when he first dipped into DeFi, he got into iron and iron literally went to a whole bank run not too far away from what Luna happened. Just iron was a lot smaller. Luna is huge so it's making the new cycle. And with that, I think that is a great place for all of us to start to try to understand hey, what actually happened, what transpired and how can we become a little bit smarter going to the future if let's say we want to explore other DeFi protocols. So I'm going to let him begin with the story of hey, how did you enter into Iron? What actually happened? With that, welcome back to Chills with TFC. I love that you brought up the standard deviation because that is exactly what everyone is talking about when they talk about risk. But this word is just throwing around and it feels very arbitrary, right? But, oh, yeah. but when you really knock it down to what it is, it just means that this is my expected target and how much do I deviate from it, right? And yeah. then, yeah. So when you talk about safe, conservative, yeah. like yeah. what does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? What does what, it mean? What does safe yes, mean? Yes. What does conservative yes. mean? So, uh, so this is how we try to position it and uh, we, we show. So with like hard numbers mm. that, okay, you know what? This is the standard deviation, uh, short, short, short form SD. This is the SD there. And then this is our SD. It kind of similar, about 4% SD there. Mm. And then, but for 4% SD, we're getting this amount of returns. Mm. And that mm. gives you that amount of returns. So mm. look, there's a difference here. I think this, you can consider 
So some of the uh, our increasing, that's why this year we, we, we see increasing, increasing some allocations to us. Cool, interesting. Yeah. So then what do you do exactly? Like your role in oh, the organization? My role? Yeah. Uh, so my role is like an uh, investment committee. So every week actually, we will come together to decide on which of the strategies that are in the current, like in the fund portfolio, should we remove it or we play back? We, we don't do that every week, so to speak, but we have to decide uh, from a kind of weekly basis on what we want to uh, do for this. Mm. So we're a really small team. So this is my what I'm mainly supposed to do. Apart from that, really everything else, for example, like all, including like some of the porting, mm. I have to help out with Very the reporting boss, as well. Yes. I have to uh, li- liars. Oh, I, I don't do the actual uh, okay, coding. Okay. So we have a training team that does actual coding. Mm. My co-fund manager says that I'm too expensive to be doing the coding. <laughs> I, I respectfully disagree, uh, uh, but, but that's what she says. Yeah. So, mm. uh, and also like, yeah, monthly reporting, actually even uh, weekly internal reporting as well. Where I, I, I do that myself. I like to joke that I'm, I'm my own intern. So they say, do you have an intern? <laughs> yep, that's yep, me. me. That's yeah. me. Uh, do I have a PA? Yep, that's me yeah. too. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, so mm-hmm. even like when we have some inbound interest, so when it is, and someone comes to us and say that they want to subscribe to our fund, for example, uh, I'll also be the one uh, meeting them and explaining it. <laughs> client and management also. Client management, I, I have to also... Account um, manager, everything. Account manager. When they have questions about how our fund is performing, I, mm-hmm. I, I am the customer support representative. <laughs> yeah. uh, I write well. my FAQ myself. Exactly. In fact, it is true. <laughs> so yes, yes, so yes, things yes. like that. I, I get it, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So... I got you on because I was scrolling through LinkedIn mm-hmm. and I saw something that you wrote, right? Pretty much about the whole like DeFi versus traditional finance side of things, right? And I thought in this space, it's just flooded with all these DeFi language. Like, oh, your crypto guy is talking about it. I saw they have a certain language that they speak about, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I thought I thought when I read your article, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, let's see if we can get something out of this, right? Sure. So, so I, I want to find out first... What is DeFi in your view, mm-hmm. right? And in as lay a language is, and how is it actually challenging traditional finance? So, my yeah. uh, how I view it, my perspective. Yes, yes, yes. I would say that DeFi, well, the full name is well, decentralized finance. Yeah. The whole idea is to cut out the middleman. So obviously, there's pros and cons to it. Just put that aside first. So then traditional finance, you have, well, the middleman. You need to have a trusted intermediary. So again, uh, back then, how a lot of people transact, you need to kind of, okay, you know what? This is the first time we're doing business. I don't trust you. You don't trust me because well, this is the first time we met. Well, we can trust this third party. So, so that's really kind of how it evolved. Obviously, I'm really summarizing it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of history behind it all the way from like the, the, the Venetians and all the merchants mm-hmm. and all that, but... Let's not go all the way like that. <laughs> so it's a trusted intermediary. So mm-hmm. it has evolved and that's kind of like, supposedly kind of the bank's role, so to speak. Then with DeFi, the whole idea is now, instead of trusting the middleman, who of course, due to a lot of all this like uh, financial crisis, increasingly, rightfully or wrongly, uh, they'll they blame like uh, financial institutions for it. Most Mostly I think uh, the general consensus is they are the ones to blame. Again, uh, this one, there's a lot of debate right there. Let, let's not go there. And then... <laughs> You're going to lose friends. <laughs> We're going to lose friends. Uh, so yeah. then with uh, DeFi now, of course, now instead of trusting like, uh, well, people, institutions, which are, well, fillable, how about we trust something that is, they call it trustless and there will be code. So as long as the code is written in uh, like, everyone can view this like open source code that, okay, this is how it's stipulated. Everyone that interacts with this code base, this source code will follow this set of rules indisputable because it's all there. You can see it, you can read it. It's there. 
then everyone who interacts with this will get this outcome. This input, this output. So in fact, then why do we need a middleman? Yeah. We have this very transparent source code there. Everyone interacts with this source code. A source code would be, so even more layman terms, would be just a programming language mm. that's written, think of it like a set of rules. Like a mantra, yeah. Uh, like a mantra, mm. like a mm. rules. Everyone set can follow stone, it. Yes. And then input, output, that'll be it. So uh, then in that case, why do we need a middleman? Because no matter what input, there will be no ambiguity. Mm. Unlike the middleman, let's say sometimes the middleman may be, they have some uh, conflict of interest. Not maybe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Am I pushing you? Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. See too many things, but yeah. So, so sometimes, sometimes they have like some conflict of interest. The input and the output uh, may not always be congruent. So mm. may have some ambiguity there. Mm. And then, then that is not to the best interest of uh, the investor or the client. So which is why, uh, that's why there's uh, a lot of adoption of like DeFi increasingly. That is the ideal stage. Mm. The ideal stage is if we can all use a so-called like a trustless kind of a code base and whatnot, mm. then do we really need a middleman? So there's a question. And then so that's, the, that's how I see like the whole DeFi space. And of course, as more people are disappointed with how they financial like uh, uh, ecosystem is or kind of like perceived kind of uh, uh, again rightfully or wrongly so and whatnot so then uh, that's why they are they were like you know what I can't trust like uh, the financial institutions anymore uh, maybe I can try instead this very interesting alternative mm-hmm. uh, which is well DeFi okay okay so what is the state of DeFi at this moment in time then like uh, how where where are we because this is pretty much the the idea, right? The high, mm. the 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 over arc of the story. Oh, but how uh, how is it developed at this point? I'll say time? it's still the early stages and mm. like uh, the exploratory stage. Uh, mm. Reason why that's the case is because uh, there isn't really like like a body to kind of govern things. Uh, yes, it's by design because mm. it's meant to be like trustless. But in terms of like framework, in, in terms of like protocol, even if you want to be like self governing, because let's say last time even like uh. uh Secret societies have mm-hmm. some, some kind of code of conduct, yes, 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 if you yes, will. Yes, yes, uh, yes. So they are self-regulated, yes, but they mm-hmm. some kind of code of conduct. They know some things that, you know, th- things that you don't do, things that, you know, some kind of unspoken code of conduct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Currently, it's still a very wild west uh, in DeFi. So uh, lots of lots of cases of uh, friends like investing into these like DeFi protocols and uh, losing money. Uh, I, I lost some five digits myself uh, in, in actually uh, this protocol called Iron Finance. It's one of the well-known, uh, so-called one of the first um, bank runs in uh, DeFi. Well, it was exciting. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. uh, not so great losing money, but, but it was exciting. Uh, what lesson do you get from there? So, hey, just uh, let's talk about bank run first. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the situation of a bank run is when the people inside just pulling money out. Yes. Maybe I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to that first. So mm-hmm. what happened was the protocol, without going into too much gory detail, so the protocol was offering very uh, high yields. Mm. The yield formula uh, is uh, also factors in the increase in price. So it's like as more people get attracted by the yield, and they buy into the token, and then uh, the the so-called the, the annual yield that they can get suddenly becomes also more and more inflated. Even reach like billion percent plus. Like yeah, it's like because of B now, right? yeah. So from K to M, and after that B, like wow, a lot of people. During the last few days, yeah, it reached there. And obviously, it blew up. Okay, that's on hindsight. So, uh, for example, I, I got in early at around like, I remember correctly, it was around $2, a token. And after that, I think it was the next day, if I remember, I can't remember. The whole thing happened like within a span of two weeks before it blew up. 
And from my joint, it blew up. Mm. I felt like two years, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, then after that, $2, then it dropped to $1. Mm. So that's like a 50% loss right there. Yeah. But then I was like, well, my friends all tell me that, well, this is crypto space, right? Losing 50% should be normal. Normal. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta suck it up. So then I was like, oh, oh my losing God. 50%. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. when you get in, you must be prepared to lose everything. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Let's see how it goes. But but you can console yourself that you're getting that sweet yield. So you can get that, that sweet yield. So you can you tell yourself that you know what? I'm getting that sweet yield. Never mind, it dropped 50%. It's fine. It's fine. Yes. yes. The, the, the sweet yield, yield will, will get it back. It. Uh, so so that's what I tell myself. I'm like, okay. I mean, this is kind of like my like kind of like my second, third day with it. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, just give it a try. Mm-hmm. Then So it's your very first protocol. Is this the it first time you put money in? First DeFi protocol. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. yes. Continue. Yeah. Then after that, then it subsequently over the next few days, it, it rose pretty uh, dramatically from uh, $1, went back up and then went to 5, 6, 10, 20, 30. At one point in time, uh, it even reached, uh, I think, almost 60. Then, of course, when you almost, when you exceeded 50, the next thing you think is, hmm, I think it'll reach 100. <laughs> like, like, you know, after 60 then, it's, it's not going to stop at 60. It'll probably reach 100, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone was like like that. I think even like Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban also tweeted about it that, uh, he wrote an article, I think, about it that uh, he, why this is like the next thing, you know, uh, well, apparently it was a top signal. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> apparently it was a top signal. So, so, so well, it opened the floodgates. Flushing in the crocodiles, right? It's like, yeah. Open the floodgates, everyone started coming in. It was fine, but, it's actually, at the end of it, it was actually an algorithmic stablecoin. Uh, it was an algorithmic stablecoin protocol. So uh, what happened was, well, long story short, it unpacked. So it's supposed to be one-to-one mm. at any point in time, but it unpacked. So uh, it unpacked twice before, but it always revert back to the pack. So people were confident. This is, okay, maybe I need to explain a little bit more about this mm-hmm. whole thing. So for example, like USDC, it has been kind of audited and shown that they do have this amount of assets for every one USDC that they kind of mint out. So, USDC is uh, that USDC, Tether? Oh, no, no, that's, uh, that's USDT. USDT. Okay. Yeah, USDC okay. is the is the one by uh, Circles. Yeah. So uh, this one, they have been proven that uh, this is by actual... They, they see that, okay, there's, act, there's actually this amount of USD mm-hmm. back behind it, uh, parked somewhere, safely somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they issue the equivalent amount of USDC, mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But, and you're trusting the auditors for this. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> So much for trustless. <laughs> but yes, please continue. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, however, in this case, it is inefficient. The ideal stage is, what if you can take just 10%, is backed by 10%, and the other 90%, you use it to, let's say, invest in other things that is more asset generating. Because if you are fully like uh, backed, that is, is safe. It's good. Mm. It's good for the investors. But as a company, you're, well, you're not making that, that mm, money, man. Mm, mm. So it would be great if you could like use this. But by right, you're not supposed to but it's inefficient if you were to hold it. Mm. Because then, I'm hearing uh, bank language here. <laughs> multiplier, <laughs> okay. 10x multiplier. Yes, yeah, so, so, so the, the mm. idea here is if you could use part of that to, uh, what if you can use that to invest in something that's generating some yield, whatever that might be, and then some investments, and then you can earn more revenue as right, a business, right? So, so that's why they would have to think about yeah. things like this. So currently, USDC is fully backed, but the other stable coins, not necessarily. So in this case, the one, the Iron Finance one, not at all. <laughs> so, so, so uh, they, they, they weren't not they were they weren't one to one. So they used the concept of using using another of the native token. So let's say if you can like burn it, you can exchange for X amount of this 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 uh, stablecoin that they have. The idea here is that with this uh, interchangeability, anytime it unpacks, there will be this arbitrage opportunity 
and then uh, you can sacrifice the native token and burn it. Uh, you, you buy and you burn it and then you can get more this stable coin so that it will revert back to the pack. That's the rough idea. Mm. So the idea here is that you don't always need one is to one. The idea here is with this arbitrage situation, more money comes in. You, to save the pack. Yeah, essentially. Right? So, so, yeah, so because of this, um, let's say it's it was a dollar and then now it's at 80 cents, then there's this 20 cents difference show and then, okay, in order to so do this, people, I need you to put more money in. Yeah, usually more bots. Yeah, uh, or yeah. the bots will come in and then they mm. will up, they will take advantage of this up opportunity mm. to push it back mm. to the pack. Mm. So mm. in theory, that, that, uh, that will work. <laughs> However, what happened back then was either by design or not, no one really know un- unless you're the creator. There was a time lag uh, in terms of the, they call it an oracle. What it really is, is the, the pricing Such source. Fancy names. Uh, the yeah. Pricing oracle yeah. is essentially just the source of the price. So, uh, what oracle source of the price? Yeah. Namaste. Yeah, so, so exactly that. So, but the problem was there was a time lag. Mm, mm. So, people exploited that. So, mm, mm. when you're converting it to the uh, stable coin or to the native token, you are referring to an old price. Price have changed dramatically. Mm. So, because of that, there was this, they call it, it's kind of like an exploit where then the whales and all that exploited it a lot. So, it caused it to unpack slightly. Then, of course, people tried to like pack it back, but because it was referring to an old price, so there was some time lag in terms of how, how it was all done. So it, long story short, it caused it to crash. Mm. And then once it exceeded a certain, I suppose, a psychological point, I, I, I don't know exactly. And nobody wants to bring it back up. Already. Yeah, correct. Mm. Everyone wants to just get out. <clears throat> mm, mm. Uh, and then it caused a bank run. And it was bad because uh, this is also kind of like, I would say one of the cons of relying on the network mm. because the network then became congested. So everyone was trying to like scramble and kind of get Whatever out of Whatever you can, yes. Yeah, to switch out of that native token uh, into something so-called safer. Let's say USDT or USDC, for example. Mm. So like, you know, which, whichever more, like uh, whatever else. This is, this is, by the way, on the, the Polygon network, mm. uh, which is, by the way, uh, back then it was like quite fast. Uh, the transactions were instantaneous. It was super cheap. But back then there was huge gas walls that you could like max out your gas and you still can't get through. Everyone was dying to pour. That's the bank run. So even when uh, you say that, well, any transaction, you can, uh, you can go through it for like a polygon network. Uh, back then, uh, of course, things have improved. This was, by the way, last June, if I remember correctly. But suddenly it was congested. Everyone at the same time was trying to uh, execute their transaction. Mm-hmm. So this is one of, I suppose, uh, the, the cons of relying on it. For example, even, I suppose, especially on the Ethereum network where it's slower than the Polygon network. Whenever there's a, like this uh, exciting new NFT coming out, then everyone will be trying to like uh, grab their hands on it and then you get congested. Suddenly gas fees will be like hundreds yeah. of dollars. Yes, yes, it could yes, even yes. go yeah. even way higher than that. Mm, but yeah. mm, mm, mm. So, so uh, You end up paying the network more than NFT. Right? Yeah, pay, uh, pay for the gas not. fees more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen that. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen those shit. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, so so this is, in other words, you believe that the DeFi idea is an idea. Wise, it sounds interesting, mm-hmm. right? And there's there's this possibility of not having the middleman, but 
in practice, there's still a lot of all these uh, psychological situations and a lot of these like, you know, structural limitations that, that still exist within the, the, the DeFi idea. There's still a lot of... Uh, because there are a lot of things that you don't know, right? Like, okay, when you're creating... Let's say when you're creating something and then you based on the best of your understanding, you create this whole network or you create all these protocols. Then when people start to play it, right? And then this protocol will take a... The beast, take a life of its own, right? And people start, And then you start to realize, ah, this is a faulty point. Like, this this could, this could like mess the whole shit up. Right? Uh, uh, it, um, it comes to the point where there's a lot of hidden security risks yeah, uh, yeah. there. The, of course, the counter argument is that well, you can always view the source code. It's on GitHub. No, it doesn't matter whether I can view the source. If the source code is problematic, it's problematic. Correct. Yes. So the, the interesting <laughs> if, thing if is... the recipe is not nice, it's not nice. The thing is, <laughs> the recipe is there uh, in the cookbook, uh, uh. but no one actually reads every line. Oh, yeah, of course. So, so that's the, that, so that's How the thing. How many of you read the white paper? <laughs> How many of you read the white paper? There was no white paper. Uh, uh. I said, so white paper itself, they don't uh. really read much less the source code. Yeah. So, yeah. which is why... For example, sometimes the source code might contain, let's say, the wallet address that they say, oh, this amount actually doesn't go to, let's say, the supposed wallet, mm. for example. Mm. It may go to the developer's own wallet mm. and you wouldn't know. It mm. can be hidden somewhere in, let's say, uh, a library that imported, a custom-built library that they import, as in like, I need to use this. Uh, so they might hide it in their code base. Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay. So then, how do I discern between like actual... <laughs> valid protocols that have a future value and uh, those, you know, they're going to like mess up because just a lot of them mess up, right? And and a lot of people are losing money in the DeFi space. I don't think if you can really discern with like 100% certainty. No, I, I don't think anybody is looking for 100%, right? You yeah. can give 80%, it's very good already. Right? <laughs> 80% is <laughs> so, very good already. Yeah, so, so I want to yeah. know like, essentially I want to know your parameters when you look at a new... Uh, protocol or a new project. Let's just use project. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's say someone wants to set up this thing, they have a new project. What do you look out for in, in the new project? And, you know, yeah, essentially how do you manage this uh, choice of all these different projects? Well, nowadays the first thing, okay, I'm speaking from a very conservative guy who got burned before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I wanted to make sure that like uh, that the team has like an actual profile. Like, like in crypto space, they call it doxed fully docs, which is in this case, it's like they can be like searchable. They have profiles. Mm. I suppose bonus points if they have like LinkedIn profiles and they have uh, like run companies oh, before. such a low hanging fruit. I know. So much for trustless. <laughs> but surprise. Uh, <laughs> but surprise, there are so many projects out there that don't even have this. I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah, so. So much for trustless. You're trusting LinkedIn profiles now. <laughs> validity of the project. This is just one part of it. Okay, yeah, yes, please. After that, then uh, you can see uh, in some cases, I suppose nowadays in terms of what I would invest in is also based as, I know it's unfortunate. Probably should I say <laughs> go that. Go ahead, go ahead. It's unfortunate <laughs> because then... Uh, there are many it, unfortunate souls out there, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so yes. eventually it will be uh, like community where some of your friends who are in the space who would have like, let's say, uh, first dips on some of the new projects that they would be able to, to see, like, get access to it at... I know, those guys are shilling. Essentially, those guys are the early days. They are going, then they anchor the project, they put the early capital, yes. and they have special arrangements. Correct. You know, so uh, so it's, a, it's the same as yes. what we mentioned just now. Yes, so. yes, yes. Because when they were to list it uh, in, let's say, whichever the DEX or, or, the, or the centralized exchange, whichever that might be, then it will be at, at X price. They've got it at half of it or yeah, a quarter yeah, of yeah, it, yeah. for example. So 
then you can see like which ones do have some of this uh, mm-hmm. funding. Mm-hmm. And I suppose a conservative play would be joining them. <laughs> so that's what I do. Uh, but if you have access to that, then really it's your best bet would be at least ensure that it's not like an anonymous team. Because uh, very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of, uh, they call it rock pools, which is yeah, like yeah. Uh, they would, you're standing on the rock and then they pull it. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. you fall down. Yeah. yeah. So you fall down, just like the value of your token. Yeah, fall down. Yeah, fall down. And then you, 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 you wallow and then they continue to pull the rock the next round. And then they continue doing <laughs> yeah. it. In fact, uh, yeah. that's what happened recently for, in fact, one of the Azuki Mm. Uh, co-founders just confessed in an article that he was involved in okay, a rather a uh, few of his projects were, were that of were like rocks I think two or three of them mm. previously uh, that caused the Azuki price the NFT Azuki price to crash mm. just yesterday or the day before very mm. fresh mm. crazy crazy yeah. but yeah um, I, I just want to be clear on this with our listeners right that there's all these people that are out there trying to cheer on all these projects, cheer on all these tokens. And if you're really going to track their wallets, right, very likely they are the the, the early adopters, right? The, they're the guys that have special packages that you will not have. And uh, they buy in at a cheaper price. They stage the thing together. As in, they, may they, or may not, but there's a very high tendency. Yes, that's one. And also mm. like when you bought it, you also have some kind of like stick in it. So you also... Well, for better or worse, you, you, if you're a shiller, you will show it because you, you have some already. Yeah. In some cases, they even work with influencers. And that's the worst. Sorry. Influencers <laughs> must stay out of this shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's my view. Because what does a celebrity know? Right? Take photo, right? Like, oh, look beautiful. Okay, great. Good on you, right? But but it really feels like they're milking milking the mess, right? But you you have a different view. Yeah, Tell me your different uh, view. It feels like you have a different view. No, no, I don't have, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, I don't have any views on this, so to speak. Uh, because you, you know what I'm saying, right? Like when they use influencers, then you're, you're essentially using the following of all these influencers to, to get their community to participate. But maybe in I'll it. put it this way. Let's yeah. say you, uh, you are the marketing or business development person in charge of the token. Yeah. What would you do differently? You would likely also consider using influencers because, well, yes, people do get taken in, but it works. Yeah, it works. It works. It, it works. works. I so, don't, I'm not blaming the seller. I'm just educating the buyers. Okay. Right? So yeah. we're talking to astute people or astute to be people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so, yeah, I think that's that's where I'm going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the thing about uh, this whole space because, well, it is unregulated. So it's really like what they call it a caveat emptor. Yeah. That's why there's a lot of like do your own research, do your own due diligence. There's nothing but- to research here, bro. It's like... <laughs> what do you want how to understand uh, bro you're trusting LinkedIn profiles (laughs) well it's slightly harder not impossible Uh, quite uh, easy but it's mm. slightly harder to to like LinkedIn profile Mm, okay mm, let's mm. see uh, maybe one way also look at, okay, let's say, does this person actually like, is it just like a newly created profile or mm. is it like, oh, this profile has been here for a long, long time. They have posted a lot of articles before, like mm. written by uh, them themselves. And these articles are not like just random words. These are like, they have their own thoughts and all that. And this person has some uh, some interesting insights. So like been here for a long time. So, okay, fine. The likelihood of it being fake is quite low. Yeah. Mm, so uh, then let's say no no face, no, no nothing. Yeah, and then yeah, only, yeah. only have one, one, let's say, uh, one experience. Here to change the world or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Completely nothing else. Mm, mm, uh, that, that kind is like, wow, this is yeah, yeah, very yeah, 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 suspicious. No. But I just, I, just, I just need to push the, 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 the idea that it is very interesting that people want to talk about trustless system, but they trust LinkedIn profiles. 
trustless system. So, so, yes, it's like you want to push for a trustless system, but the basis of why you enter a project or why a lot of people, and it's not unique to you, as I've talked to many people, the, the basis of how people participate in the project is, oh, of course I see the founder, I trust the founder. I was like, come on, I thought it's trustless. Right, so how much do you understand what, what is happening in the core of... I mean, this idea that they're trying to establish, yeah. right? And the reality of where things are, you know, it's, it's, it's like worlds apart, right? So, like, could you safely say that most of most of these projects will just go to bus? They will just go? Most of them will go. Mm. Uh, most, like, how many most? Like, 95, most? 90%? 90-95%. 90-95%. 90-95%, okay, okay. Because of how easy it is to transfer. For traditional finance, if you want to, let's say, uh, withdraw our monies, ignoring an ATM. Let's say you want to liquidate from uh, your fund position. Sometimes you might need, if it's an illiquid fund, it might take uh, three months, six months. So it takes some time. Uh, during this period of time, you might change your mind. You might like, you know what? Actually, the other thing that I want to do, is not that great. So yeah. it takes some time. The but, broker will call you. Uh, eh, sir, <laughs> what? <laughs> you want to consider staying <laughs> yeah, or not? Yeah, 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 correct, maybe correct. you can do other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the uh, the capital movements are quick yeah. and they're brutal. If there's even like uh, some, whether or not it's a real or fake news regarding, let's say, a protocol about its safety and security, the capital will run out so quickly. Yeah. And then eventually you'll see some kind of like consolidation to some of the few, like, uh, I suppose, uh, longer players. Uh, yeah. yeah. Players that have been uh, around mm-hmm. uh, longer. Yeah. Okay. 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 Interesting. So then how is this going to affect traditional financial players, you know, like in the sense of like, um, of course, the banks are getting attacked up, down, left, right, right? Mm-hmm. Like with your robos, with your, you know, uh, wise, with all these other guys, the banks are getting attacked. But even all your fintech guys, right? Your your wise, your, who else? Um, your PayPal, Square, your PayPal. Square, mm-hmm. you know, it's all these people, they are pretty much still building upon traditional finance, right? How, how is this whole DeFi idea going to affect them? Is it going to kill them as business or, you know, what, what are we looking at based on your, your view? Okay, <laughs> this will be somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. The oh, reason you, you stay in finance for too long already. The, too the, diplomatic. Yes, yes. No, no, no. The, the, uh, I know to take like an extreme view would be very controversial and very good. No, no, <laughs> very, no, very no, exciting. no, 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 yeah. It's um, very exciting, yes, uh, yes. But mm. the reason why I say that is because this has kind of happened in uh, the robo-advisor and the fintech space before. Mm. You know, when there was like, uh, I think there was, this was back in 2014, 15, 16, around that period of time. Fintech was like this buzzword up and coming. And nowadays, no one calls it a buzzword anymore. It's like, yeah, fintech. Yeah, banks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, banks have some kind of fintech. Banks bought over some fintech. They they incorporated it within yeah, the... Consolidated. Uh, yeah, so, mm-hmm. so now, actually, this fintech is owned by the bank. Mm-hmm. So I believe that we'll see that for uh, the DeFi space as well. In fact, oh. we are also seeing it uh, slowly, like via... Uh, the banks just have a lot of money. So, so that's, that's just a fact. So, uh, and some of these DeFi protocols, they are, at the end of the day, they are still, some of the founders are also looking away, to put it bluntly, to, to cash out and, well, get rich, uh, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's the incentive of the system. Yeah, so then they will also, uh, let's say, uh, they sell to some banks, sell off to some banks, or sell off to, they don't even need to sell to some banks now. So for example, let's say the banks do have some stakes in some of the VCs. And then the VCs will invest in the early rounds. What does it tell you? So yeah. the, the actually, the banks already own some of these protocols. Mm, mm. So is it really decentralized then? Again, question mark. They're really, it's up to mm, the, the mm. individual to, to discern about this. Mm. So the ideal stage, everyone knows what the ideal stage is, but it doesn't look like we will be there or will be there anytime soon. Will there be a, they call it like a decentralized autonomous organization DAO? 
uh, would that be a DAO that, that will be able to do something like that? Maybe. But it will look like nowadays they are also open to VC monies to <laughs> some of these yeah, DAOs as well. Yeah, my so, God. So in that case, are they yes, truly yes. independent? Again, it's a question mark. To it be could... fair, I, I don't think it's a question mark. <laughs> Once your investor comes in, first round you sell 20%, right? 20% already, the guy has a bought seat, you know, has seats mm. in all your bought all the way. You think you're really decentralized? <laughs> you think you're really so, so independent? So one way could be that uh, mm. they invested quite a lot of money in it mm. and then they have an X amount of tokens, which is usually they will... The, they call it like a democratic decision making right mm-hmm. so uh, it will be based on how many tokens you have well, how is if, that democratic well there may be other ways mm. to, to, to decide one person on one vote that's democratic ah, is maybe that, there's also different ways to because yeah. that's, a, that's a very expanded expand, extended discussion yes about yeah, that uh, mm. but, <laughs> yeah mm. so now that is the so-called like the, the most straightforward or so-called fair way would be to depends how many tokens you have Mm. then you get to like vote on certain decisions for the mm. DAO. Mm, mm, uh, mm. In that case, uh, well, if they come in and straight away, they sweep up like X amount of tokens for cheap, then uh, well, they already have exactly uh, a, a huge stake in it. Then exactly, exactly. Not so sure about that. Exactly, the which is why the proof of stake is stupid in my view because that is essentially letting big capital come in to sweep up and then and then control control your protocols, right? So so eventually there'll be other like proofs that may be a better version, but you sure once once... Okay, I mean, my thoughts, uh, I mean, just a very uneducated thought, right? In the in times, in the early days of this whole crypto thing, right? There's, there's the basis is the proof of work, right? So based on your hash power. And in order to control this whole protocol, you essentially have to overrun in terms of hash power. Right? You have to more than every, more than half of it, and then you control the protocol, right? And to build something like a hash power is like building roads. It takes a long time, right? You cannot just come in and say, oh, this is my road. Now you gotta build a longer road and kind of meander around this thing, right? It's 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 hard to do, right? Right away. So there's a lot more um, stability in in this structure, you know, where where it's not so easy just come here and sweep it up, right? But once the protocol shifts to something like proof of stake, where money can just sweep up the whole protocol. Right, where, where, yeah, if you own more than, I don't know what which protocol, what protocol, which project, depending on the nuances of the project. But if you own more than 50% of the project, then you make the decision, then you can essentially change the whole thing. You know, but of course, other people are free to leave. But maybe by the time proof of stake, then no more other proof already, you know, it's, this is the end of the shit. <laughs> there, 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 are, there are other, other proofs mm. uh, nowadays and uh, ever really kept up with the different... It's changing very fast, yeah, yes, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. New proofs out there. But, but yeah, so so these are some of the... Why coming back to that question on yeah. traditional finance and DeFi, this is uh, how I'll see it. In fact, can we even call them DeFi now? Uh, not sure. <laughs> so there are definitely some uh, that mm-hmm. are still... We can still call it DeFi, but uh, the, the lines will get blurred eventually. Yeah. Just like how yeah. FinTech or even like uh, uh, robo-advisors, some of the banks even have their own robo-advisors now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like exclusively like uh, the domain of, let's say, uh, non-bank FinTech robo-advisors now. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, in fact, I think almost all the banks offer some form of robo-advisory service nowadays. Mm-hmm. And because of how big they are, they are able to raise the, the AUM needed for their robo-advisory service mm-hmm pretty easily. It can very quickly eclipse some of the new fintech startups yeah. because trust takes time to build. But if you talk about some of the banks, they really have the trust there. So yeah. they'll be like, uh, hi, sir, would you like this new robot advisory service? Oh, well, you are from uh, ABC Bank, whatever. Then, then yeah, sure. Why not allocate mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. A lot easier. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So in your view, um, essentially, traditional finance will, will be here to stay. It's going to hang around. Yes, and DeFi looks like there's a tendency for this whole thing to be encapsulated within traditional finance. It's going to suck it up. 
inevitable. Okay, it's inevitable. inevitable. So so there will be no dream of Bitcoin taking over the world and like, you know. And <laughs> I think what we will likely see is it will be sometime, talking about mid to long term, we can potentially use it in some kind of structure or format, just like how you would use, let's say, uh, points to to like exchange for something. Mm-hmm. I know maybe points, <laughs> points is... Points, very... <laughs> yeah, points like NTC point like that, you know. Like. <laughs> uh, actually, was some, uh, the concept is, is yes, yes, uh, yes, it will yes, be there. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm trying not to use the word currency that I bridge some kind of... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah, yeah, rules yeah. here. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so potentially you can use it to uh, buy something. Uh, because uh, nowadays, some uh, merchants are also open I think even like, uh, was it Gucci? They, they were open to accepting, I, I don't know if it's Bitcoin as well, but I know like even like Dogecoin, Shiba. I'm quite sure that's not because they care about the coin. Oh. Really. <laughs> Gucci just want to have a rebrand. You know, they're getting old. Oh. They need that fashion forward vibe. Okay. So I think oh. you start to see NFT getting printed on, oh, okay. on Gucci maybe, maybe. stuff, right? So yeah. If you're marketing for Gucci, you will, you will do something like that. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So we'll likely see more like uh, merchants open to that. For example, now we see merchants open to all sorts of different payment providers. Let's say FavePay, GrabPay. Suddenly you see like in front of the counter, so many different uh, modes of payments they can accept. <laughs> Cover up the counter already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, increasingly. So why not one more QR code where you can pay with, let's say Bitcoin? Why? Mm-hmm. I would say the only reason why it's stopping them now is they don't know how to do it because number one, price fluctuates. So imagine like you sell something for $100 mm-hmm. and then in the actual dollar terms, now it's $80. Oh, then you're like, oh, then you, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so you just kind of like now, yeah. currently on paper, when you want to like close the books, mm. then it's like twenty dollars down. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that is the only reason. Mm, mm. But, but for it, Gucci is fine. The margin is very thick. Thousands <laughs> of percent. <laughs> okay, okay, fine, fine. So so yeah, so so uh, that would be uh, uh, an example mm, uh, why they would be okay. But then what happens is then you'll need like a new, I suppose, breed of accountants. Okay. That are okay. like crypto native. Mm. So like they will be able to be able to like categorize this under under books too close. <laughs> under the different uh Different lines, I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it can be classified under. Yes, we can't uh, close it this month <laughs> because prices are down. Let's give a three month. <laughs> uh, we try not to punch yeah. the books, but yeah, So eventually, that would be. I, I see uh, mm-hmm. slightly more different lines. Momentum. So okay. and then it will be more uh, accepted as a mode of payment. Well, they say El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's really yeah, doing yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But, but of course, uh, with uh, different uh, levels of acceptance and what. Okay. Legal tender, right? Yep, yep, it is, it is. Okay, cool. I, I think I think those are some very good points, right? So in, in closing, as uh, someone that is in this very traditional space, you know, and do trading in traditional finance, how would you then look at this whole DeFi thing? And how, if someone asks you like, hey, should I put money into this place? You know, what will you tell them? Well, of course, I start off with NFA, not financial advice. <laughs> Okay. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm post. <laughs> a lot of disclaimers. So uh I I think the what I usually tell even my like friends and family is I will not tell you what your allocation should be or what you should do, but I can share what I do for myself so that it would be like I think it's not so uh, there's no like conflict. Like this is what I do myself. If you want like similar level of returns slash risk, then you can follow. So if you think that the kind of risk and returns that I'm getting is something that you want to emulate, then this is what I do for myself. So uh, yes, in my own personal account, I do have some allocation to crypto, but that's that's for myself. So I, if I think about it, I have 10, 20% mm-hmm. of my own personal like uh, uh, Did it start at 10, 20% or did it go in at like 1, 2% and became 10, 20%? Uh, 
let me think. Okay, because it, it fluctuated. Yeah, yeah, of course. For example, course. like it uh, fluctuated from, uh, if I remember correctly, was about maybe like three to five. Mm. Then it dropped all the way to like uh, some of my, sorry, can I remember? It, it dropped quite mm, a bit. Mm, mm. And after that, it, it rose and then it dropped a bit as well. So mm. it fluctuated quite a bit around there. So so now it's kind of settling around 10, around 10. Okay. 20% around there. Uh, and I'm really including like, uh, when I talk about crypto, I include the whole NFT space as well. I, yeah, I got lucky. Yeah. Uh, I, I bought some uh, NFTs, some of the, I suppose, more blue, they call it blue chip NFTs. They call it blue chips so with a lot of inverted commas yeah, yeah, yeah. when it was like early on. I'm very boomer. I feel very boomer. <laughs> okay, so sorry. Yeah, but no, so, no, it's continuing. Yes, it. So, uh, mm. and I, I got it early on. Mm. Much lower price than it is now. Mm. I fully expected it to go to zero. So, which is why it's really just lucky. I, I thought that, okay, this project seems to have a, a chance to grow. I don't know how soon. I don't know how long, but it was an amount I was willing to set aside. So, so then of course, then it increased. So, so now it's around ten percent mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, lots of flops as well. So, so again, not advising anyone to just jump on the NFTs blindly. Mm. No, but I, I want to hear your view. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe eighty percent of them are flops. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, for for the NFTs, I buy like like some of them. They said, "Oh, this will be this is very uh, let's say uh, like China focused uh, NFT." What does that even mean, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so for example, they have a uh, Chinese community uh-huh. and then uh, they will organize a lot of like uh, China events and whatnot. Well, obviously things aren't looking too hot right now, mm-hmm. right there. Uh, so uh, so it's now like selling for like pennies on the dollar, for example, mm-hmm. like like that when I first bought it. So so then that isn't going too well. Yeah, lo- lots of those flops. Some of them I bought to support my friends. I also don't, well, to be honest, I did think that they were actually, but who knows, maybe it will do well. Mm-hmm. But so I just buy to support some of my friends, they create their own NFTs. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a support as well. When uh, we do our NFT, I'll tell you. Yes. Yeah, uh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, I don't know, yes. And then so, so that's about like uh, 20%. And, but the vast, vast majority of my network will be, of course, in my own FX fund. I'm a more conservative like investor by nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know for a fact that what we do is rather like a conservative getting that positive uh, yeah, return yeah, yeah, every year yeah. mm-hmm. no matter the market conditions so I'm I, I just want that and let it like compound yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. yes some small amount uh, maybe it can go a lot maybe it'll go to zero fine as long as I have this like uh, amount that is stable mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. important I, important I think that's so a, so so that is I think really the other bulk of my net worth uh, of course and some small amounts I, I do uh, invest in some uh, companies as well so mm-hmm. uh, yeah so like I started a ballet school previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, then so 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 that is it's very brick and mortar. You are not getting like like a like a kind of a cryptocurrency kind of returns mm-hmm. uh, when, when it's good, of course, <laughs> uh, or, <laughs> or, or some kind of like a P kind of return. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess it is in some ways kind of this is how I see like uh, eventually when let's say uh, for example the, that dance school let's say when it does well, uh, then you can get some kind of uh, cash flow from uh, dividends and all that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that's kind of the conversation. So I think in a similar fashion, if let's say uh, an investor wants to kind of uh, get similar kind of uh, returns and also like risk, then this is something they can uh, kind of uh, consider. Think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, um, the sad part is, you know, I don't know if you should diversify the, into it, but if you were to go in, just treat it like, you know, like just throwing salt around. <laughs> Just here a little bit, there a little bit, a little bit, there a little bit. I I do think that's the that's the way forward in this space. Huh? Uh, uh, because everyone comes to you with this like, this is the next project kind of face. Yes. Right? It's like, we are going to change the world. You know? And it's like, uh, next day, they're in the changing room. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Uh, in, you know? in, in, some, in some cases, uh, let's say 
you have access to some of the like uh, some early dips into some of the projects mm. maybe worthwhile reason mm. being it's a to put it bluntly it's a rigged game but you're on the side, you're on the other side of the table mm-hmm. well in that case well just play it then mm-hmm. uh-huh. spoken like a true capitalist uh, yeah spoken like a true capitalist again mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed still mm-hmm. many things might go wrong but mm-hmm. at least uh, compared to let's say you uh, invest in an anonymous project I think mm-hmm. in this case well, at the very least, if it were to let's say list, looking at a maybe a two x or four x yeah. uh, on on the amount put in, but it could go to zero. So I yeah. must must put that uh, up front. Yeah, and to be fair, any Tom Dick and Harry these days can do it on their own. All these are open source codes, right? So <laughs> please, your friend come to you with a new project, tarik tarik a bit. You may really trust this person, but. Okay, please. Most of them will die. Okay, most of them will fail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, not to insert your friends, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not a The project will fail. You know, you can be good friends, but you don't need to invest in, yeah. in their projects. That's, that's uh, my base belief. Yeah, if you want to support, uh, just know that it's just a lending money. Just know that you might not get it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, just to support, I, I think that's okay. As in that, yeah. Okay. Thank so, you. So Thank you. Thanks for your time. Oh. Cool stuff. All right. Awesome. Hey Coconuts, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the Financial Coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community Telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and will help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Subscribe and leave us a review on your favourite podcast platform. Like, share, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> also, if you have something interesting that you want us to go through or someone interesting that you want us to interview, reach out to us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week. And always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.